0: From Riverside Health System, this is the Healthy You Podcast, where we talk about a range of health-related topics focused on improving your physical and mental health. We chat with our providers, team members, patients, and caregivers to learn more about how to maintain a healthy lifestyle and improve overall physical and mental health. So let's dive in to learn more about becoming a healthier you. Hi, Dr. McQueen, how are you?
1: I'm doing fine. How about
0: you? I'm doing well. I'm really excited to have you join us today. Um, Dr. McQueen is actually the Chief of Behavioral Health Services and Medical Director for Adolescent Services at Riverside Behavioral Health Hospital. Dr. McQueen, I want to talk to you a little bit about mental health and just first to have a deeper discussion around Adolescence and mental health and all of the things that have really come to the forefront over the last couple of years as it relates to behavioral health and some of the stigmas associated with behavioral health diagnoses. How does that sound?
1: It sounds good to me. All right. Dr. Dr.
0: McQueen, talk to me a little bit briefly about, you know, why you decided to pursue a career in psychiatry.
1: So. When I went to medical school, that's been a long time ago, <laughs> but when I went Probably to Not as long school, as, <laughs>
0: as I went to nursing school, <laughs> for sure. It feels like it was a little while ago, <laughs> <but>
1: <laughs> I know when I went to again. medical school, we have to do, at least at MCV, we had to do, I think it was like nine or 10 or so rotations our third year to see which ones we liked. Um, and I kind of settled between either OBGYN and psychiatry, So I decided to go back and do another um, kind of a short rotation in psychiatry just to see how I liked it and just to be sure that that was what I wanted to do. And at that point, absolutely fell in love with it. Worked at their um, outpatient, well not outpatient facility, it was an inpatient facility for adolescents. And at that point, just completely fell in love with it. Um, Able to get the information out of kids, trying to figure out what it was that you know they needed to do to get themselves better and what it was that was making them feel the way that they were and just trying to keep people from harming themselves or taking their own lives you know it was just it was right. something that was kind of powerful about it Absolutely. Um, and i decided to go into psychiatry at that
0: point okay mm-hmm. um what is mental health and what does it look like as it relates to adolescence compared mm-hmm. to our adult patient population
1: right so mental health is a person's condition, um, kind of in regards to their psychological and emotional well-being. Right. In kids, it can look a little bit different um, because you know kids feel like they're going through things that adults or their parents haven't gone through before. So a lot of times, let's say that you and I got depressed and we were didn't want to go to work the next day. We didn't necessarily have to go to work the next day. We could call out, right? A lot of kids them, themselves, if their parents say, no, you know, you can't sit in bed all day, you need to go to school or you need to go to practice or you need to get up into your homework. And they generally have to do that stuff. So a lot of times for kids, mental health, um, if there's an issue with it, it will show up as not only sadness, but it can show up as like irritability, agitation, um, becoming withdrawn, that kind of a thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So
0: it, it sounds like people can be very functional but still be dealing with mental health.
1: Right. Some um, people can be, some people can be functional. Other people are made to be functional.
0: Right.
1: Now just kind of depending on their surroundings and what's going on around them.
0: Right. I know I, I have a um a young person as well. And mm-hmm. over the last three years, you know, he some of the major milestones occurred for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, graduated from high school. Right. But the way those milestones looked changed due to them. Mm-hmm. To the the pandemic, so Mm -hmm, things mm -hmm. were virtual, and I could see him really struggling from Mm -hmm. the social aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people need that um, connection, right? Um, And I know my my own personal life. I saw him struggle Mm -hmm. uh, with depression Mm -hmm. um, as it relates to all of the things related to him changing so quickly.
1: Right here on our inpatient unit, the adolescent unit, we saw the same thing um, during the height of COVID. I honestly thought that we wouldn't have that many kids coming to the hospital, but we actually had quite a few. Our numbers really didn't go down that much, if at all, because those kids, like you're saying, missing that socialization, um, missing just being in school and being around other people, It it was huge. And like you said, in those milestones, missing graduations and things like that, it was huge
0: absolutely Mm -hmm. are there some other conditions that are more prevalent to adolescents i talk a little bit about my son and depression but are Mm -hmm. there others that come up come to mind as it relates to that patient population
1: yeah a lot of the things that we see in the hospital depression of course is big we see a lot of anxiety um, in kids we see panic attacks in kids we also see what's called adjustment disorder where there's a stressor that happens and the kids just not able to adjust to that stressor So we saw that a lot during COVID. We see that a lot now with um, kids sometimes having their cell phones taken away or um, maybe not doing well on a test or an assignment or something like that. So we do see that um, quite often. And we're also seeing some drug use in the hospital as well. So um, we have a few kids who have come into the hospital and they're using substances and sometimes either become more depressed because of it or maybe even they're hearing and seeing things that other people don't see and hear because of drug use.
0: Mm -hmm. is there a a familial history or association or prevalence with uh, addiction as well as uh, mental health disorders
1: yeah there is there is so a lot of times you'll see that there's a family member somewhere um, that has a mental health issue or a mental health condition similar to what the child has sometimes you'll see you know mom or dad or sister or brother has depression so that kid may have depression, um, grandparents may have alcohol use disorder or maybe a substance use disorder, and we'll see those things trickle down into kids as well. So there is a genetic kind of what's called predisposition towards those issues.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Great, great, great. What are some signs and symptoms of mental health issues in adolescence?
1: So one of the things that you can see is irritability. You can see agitation. Pay attention to sleep. If kids aren't sleeping well, sometimes that'll indicate depression, or if they're sleeping too much, that can indicate depression. Um, Changes in um, interest. So if they're not wanting to hang out with friends or don't want to do or they don't want to do after school activities or participate in activities, if kids are talking about guilt, um, changes in energy, either increased energy or not enough energy. Sometimes you see changes in attention and concentration, changes in appetite. Sometimes you'll see kids, and even adults too, that just feel like they're dragging around more than they usually do. Or if they're talking about their arms, legs or their head feels heavy. Other kids with anxiety disorders, um, sometimes you'll see them, they're talking about feeling shaky or like butterflies in their stomach, Um, heart racing, changes in appetite, that kind of thing. Okay, Mm -hmm. and there's so
0: much focus on body image. Are you seeing eating disorders? Uh, another issue in the adolescent population
1: we do we see that on occasion um anorexia bulimia sometimes just kind of unspecified eating disorder but we do see that at times coming through the adolescent unit um, those sometimes can be difficult to treat but medications can be helpful for some and of course psychotherapy can be helpful for just about everything
0: we talked a little bit about this early on but how do you feel like um how do you feel covid impacted the mental health and well-being of adolescents
1: i think it was a little bit different so you can look at it from both sides so let's say that you had a kid who was in school feeling like they were being bullied often um they had a lot of social anxiety um around other kids or anxiety around test taking or being in school made them depressed some of those kids actually throbbed when school closed um because of covid so you saw that subset that was there but most kids like you said they needed that socialization school was their outlet a lot of those kids didn't do as well um, because they weren't able to be around their friends. They weren't able to to talk to their friends. They couldn't go over to their friends' houses as an outlet. So um, it did, it changed, it changed quite a bit. It seems like things are kind of going back to normal some now, but during COVID, things were, things were different, you know, for a lot of kids and a lot of adults. Great, great,
0: that's great feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, what should a parent do and or adolescent who needs help, uh, what what advice or direction would you give a parent to support well, an adolescent?
1: Right, well, the first thing that you wanna do is that you wanna to talk to your kids. Um, always talk to them, try to see what's going on. If your kids aren't talking to you, then one thing that you can do is kind of watch their behaviors like we were talking about before. If they're isolating more, if you notice that the music that, th- that they're listening to is music that seems to be more sad, then um, sometimes that'll give you a hint. Um, what parents should do is, of course, is reach out to a mental health professional. Of course, you could always come to Riverside. We could do an evaluation here to see if somebody needs to be admitted or not. And then if they don't, we can give resources to go outside in the uh, community. Um, you can also call um, any of the hotlines that can help with mental health as well. And of course, somebody else that you could reach out to is a pediatrician or a primary care provider, they can always kind of point you in the right direction.
0: All right. Mm -hmm. So just to add to something we touched on a little bit earlier, over the last couple of years, the stigma around mental health um, still exists. And then Mm -hmm. definitely in certain ethnicities, it's more prominent Mm -hmm. around the stigma associated with uh, uh, behavioral health. Um, Why is this important and what should we do to continue to encourage and support within our communities to overcome this? Mm
1: -hmm. So I think stigma, like you're saying, is huge. I think one of the things that's helping to overcome the stigma, celebrities, athletes, they're talking about mental health concerns, mental health issues more in themselves. Um, even if they're not professional athletes, college athletes, um, younger athletes in high school, people are talking about it. More, and that helps to break down that stigma. And once we can get that stigma broken down, then more people will be willing to reach out for help.
0: Very and, good. Very good. I'm sorry go ahead uh, go ahead go, go ahead, ahead. I'm sorry. Know, i was just going to say totally agree totally agree great feedback sounds like you were going to add a little something there so
1: <laughs> you know i'm getting old i forgot what i was going to add now <laughs>
0: <laughs> no that that is great feedback um having those resources and the work in the community and you're absolutely right there's so much um, our young folks spend so much time on social media i know my son mm-hmm. When you talked about sleep patterns i can't get a grasp for a sleep pattern right. he stays up all night on mm-hmm. social media or games
1: mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. he
0: sleeps all day right so they're, they're up right. you know constantly right they're right. Like night owls um but that's that's something that's good information to look for um well, one well,
1: one family told me that they did is and they they tried to set this up early with their kids when they first bought phones kind of a I guess behavioral modification technique every night at about eight or nine o'clock they had a basket that they set out for cell phones and electronic devices and at eight o'clock everybody turned their devices off including the parents so they turned their devices off and put them in the basket and you couldn't get it again until the next morning at six o'clock and the parents would take the basket and put it in their room so that actually helped the kids to sleep more at night so some of that behavioral modification can help and something else that can also help too is instead of taking things away from kids or adolescents, if you take it away in the beginning, when they first get it and let them earn time on it, that can be helpful as well. So that way they don't always have it. And then it seems like a punishment when you take it away. But if you let them earn time on it, it's like, all right, well, you know, throughout the course of the day, you did these things uh, that you were supposed to do. So you earn two hours on your iPad. So now you have that iPad for two hours At the two hours, when you take the iPad away, it's generally not as much of a fight as it would be if you just let them have it all the time and then take it away. Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. I have really enjoyed our conversation. Is there anything else that you think um, you'd like to add as it relates to adolescence and mental health? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. Just al- always talk to your kids. Um, or if there's somebody else in the family who's willing to talk, because I know kids don't always want to talk to their parents. Sometimes they'll go to an aunt, a cousin, uncle, grandparents, um, sometimes even a family friend, they'll go talk to those folks. So if there's somebody that can that can talk to your kid or you can talk to them, just be sure that they're doing okay. Ask them, don't be afraid to ask them if they look like they're they're down or sad. Don't be afraid to ask them if they feel like they want to hurt themselves or take their own life. You're not gonna give them that idea, but you're trying to save their life. So you want to see what they're thinking so that you can save their life. Um, so I think that's probably the biggest thing. Communication is 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 the biggest thing. And then if they are talking to another family member or family friend or something like that, you know, not everything that a kid says, that that person that they're talking to isn't necessarily always going to come back and tell the parents. But if there's something where you know the kid's life is in danger, um, or something like that, then you know guardians need to know about that so.
0: that's 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 good information mm-hmm. you know sometimes you'll you'll and i'll be in conversation and people will say well is is, is mental health preventable is it a, avoidable um uh, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts around that
1: i think some things are avoidable in mental health i don't think everything is avoidable you know all those uh, like psychiatric issues not everything is avoidable because just like we talked about earlier there's a genetic component so there might be somebody in the family who has schizophrenia and because that kid got those genes we can't always avoid that kid getting schizophrenia but depression anxiety some of those other things that can have a genetic component if you're talking to your kids not necessarily always allowing them to do what they want to do because that's not the right thing to do but talking to them um, and supporting your kids through the issues that they're going through if the depression or anxiety shows up, it doesn't have to be as bad as it as it could be, you know. Right.
0: Um, this came up recently. Um, is all isolation bad? Some people need mm-hmm. to isolate to mm-hmm. review, refresh, reflect. Mm-hmm. What are mm-hmm. your thoughts about that?
1: Around no, I don't think all isolation is bad. You know, if if somebody's had a had a stressful day and they want to go sit in their room for a couple hours, I think that's okay. I think when you need to be concerned about is when it's happening consistently, and I would say frequently, or all the time, you know, so if you've got a child who's coming home, and they're going to their room in the evening, and then they don't come out of their room for the whole evening, maybe they're playing video games or something like that, check on them, and see what's going on, They're talking to friends, but you know, if they're sitting there, they're sleeping, they're tearful, they're crying, that kind of a thing, and just isolating more, and it's different from their baseline, it's different from what they normally do, that's when you should be concerned about it.
0: About. And mm-hmm. there are certain medications when you look at side effects mm-hmm. that can cause depression. Right. Um, right. But the, the, the benefit is so important that it outweighs some of the side effects. I right. It can
1: know. be. I mean, it, and you even see that on TV with some of the medications that they advertise that aren't even for, you know, mental health concerns. Right. They right. tell you, you know, well, if you're feeling more depressed or sad, like you want to hurt yourself during the commercial, let your doctor know. So it can happen with any medication. So if you do feel that when you take a medicine, let your doctor know so that it can be changed. And just because one, let's say it is a medication for depression, just because one medication causes that doesn't mean that the other one will. You know, you and I can both take Lexapro and I feel like I'm more sad when I take Lexapro, stop the Lexapro, switch me to Prozac, and then I feel fine. Right. That's usually a pretty rare
0: side effect. Okay. Mm All right very good i can't think of anything else but this was very educational for me and i'm a mm-hmm. healthcare professional mm-hmm. so i really appreciate your time your knowledge and your expertise um, and thank you for your commitment and your team all the great work that your team is doing over at riverside behavioral health hospital to support well, thank you. our patients uh, and the communities that we serve thank you for listening to this episode of healthy youth We're so glad you were able to join us today and learn more about this topic. If you would like to explore more, go to riversideonline.com.